Desert and the great American Southwest. I bid you all good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever the case may be, wherever you are in these 25 time zones, covered each like a blanket by this program, Midnight in the Desert. My name is Art Bell. Hi, everybody. Rules for the show, simple, sweet and simple, no bad language, and one call per show. I want to do my thank yous. Uh, Telos, who supplied all the good sound, and obviously they know what they're doing, right? Joe Talbot here in Pahrump. Keith, my webmaster. Heather Wade, my producer, who works uh, herself to death. Stream Guys, LV.net. Sales, Pete Everhart. Tune In Radio. News, Amy Martin, of course. And my beautiful wife, Erin. And, of course, my beautiful daughter, daughter Asia. Eight years old now. And uh, seeming like an adult to me. (laughs) Amazing, just amazing how quickly they grow. All right, so there are a couple of things, few things I want to talk to you about before we begin it. Uh, Dr. David Jacobs uh, is coming on tonight for the third time for a very good reason on midnight. I think he has made the most compelling case for abductions, and I'm afraid the most compelling case for an invasion of our planet. I know it sounds crazy. Uh, You just sit back and you listen. You'll figure it out. I do want to show, uh, talk a little bit about this show. Um, People apparently have the idea that all I do on this show is paranormal. And yes, I do a lot of it. But that is not all I do. And those of you who remember Back to Coast to Coast uh, probably remember most of the paranormal stuff I did, but I did a whale of a lot of other stuff. And if there's something going on in the world, I pay attention to it. It's as simple as that. I don't, uh, I'm not running with blinders here. And so I do do other things if I consider them to be really important of mass interest. And, uh, you know, I understand that uh, right now you're overloaded with the whole ISIS baloney. But uh, when the homeland is uh, threatened, uh, when it's begun here, then it's newsworthy, and I do talk about the news. Uh, So those of you who have memories of Coast to Coast AM, um, I suggest they're slightly uh, selective, Um, you know, as memories tend to be. We remember the things we want to remember. And so I've always done all sorts of things. I've had country music stars on, a million different things. It was not paranormal every night, mostly not political, though. I don't like politics. Um, I guess you could consider ISIS politics, but I, I really don't. I just consider them a threat, you know, like nuclear weapons or whatever. They're a threat. And also, uh, so, so there is that. I mean, come on, folks. Remember back to Coast, the early years, and you'll, you'll know that I did a lot of different things, and I still will. If something comes along I think I need to cover, cover it, I shall. 
another thing. People last night thought I support Trump somehow. I think it's because I quoted something Don Lemon said on CNN. Uh, you know, he was talking about the uh, a Trump statement to, to bar all the Muslims. And uh, I, he said something like, not like, he said, I think it's possible that uh, millions of Americans or many Americans in, in their privacy of their own home are agreeing with Trump. I was just quoting Don Lemon. I don't support Trump. Actually, I don't support anybody right now. I'm sort of disappointed with the whole field. Nobody jumps out at me. So, for those who might have been curious, um, that's me. You know, I'm a libertarian. I, I right now, I, I don't, I don't find anybody that I get really excited about. Period. So. The news, and I always do discuss it. And it begins with Trump again, of course. Uh, his call to uh, block Muslims from entering the U.S. is being met with a chorus of near-universal condemnation across the country around the globe. From the halls of Congress to 10 Downing Street, Trump's statement Monday advocating a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the U.S. was blasted as bigoted, unconstitutional, and potentially dangerous for American interests abroad. Well, almost everything is dangerous for American interests abroad these days. Iran has tested a ballistic missile. They did it last month. We just find out tonight. This is the second such test since the uh, summer's nuclear agreement. State Department said only that it was conducting a serious review of such reports. The test actually occurred November 21. According to the official, coming on top of an uh, October 10th test, Iran confirmed at the time, officials said other undeclared tests occurred earlier than that. But he didn't elaborate. Just what they need is ballistic missiles, huh? To go with the nuclear weapons they don't have because of the agreement, Right? Driven by the Paris terror attacks, the U.S. House voted overwhelmingly Tuesday to tighten controls on travel to the U.S. and require visas for anybody who's been in Iraq or Syria in the previous five years. So even the U.S. Congress is beginning to make moves as they should. All right, so coming up in a moment, I think uh, this is a... Very special show. David Michael Jacobs is a retired professor of history at Temple University in Philadelphia. He has also been a UFO researcher since 1966. In 73, he completed his doctoral dissertation in the field of intellectual history at the University of Wisconsin-Madison on the controversy over unidentified flying objects in America. This was only the second Ph.D. degree granted with a dissertation involving UFO-related themes. He's written and delivered many articles, papers, and addresses on the subjects of UFOs and abductions, has been a consultant to the major UFO organizations from 1977 to 2011. He taught the country's only regular 
Curriculum University course on UFOs and abductions, UFOs and American society. Since the early 90s, he has specialized in the UFO abduction phenomena and has investigated over 1,150 abductions with 150 different individuals. So coming... Take a ride exclusively on the Dark Matter Digital Network. This is Midnight in the Desert with your host, Art Bell. To call Art, please dial 1-952-225-5278. That's 1-952-CALL-ART. That's it, all right. Okay, uh, if you think you're ready, here comes Dr. David Jacobs. Doctor, welcome back to uh, Midnight in the Desert. Thank you for having me again, Art. I appreciate it. Um, you're, yeah, you're here for a reason because um, I think more than anybody I've talked to, uh, actually in my career, because I, I remember going back thinking what a, a breath of fresh air you were in the beginning, that you didn't think all these aliens were the friend of man and uh, meant us no harm and they were all warm and fuzzy types. And uh, you're the only one who says, no. Yeah, uh, actually, my my colleague Bud Hopkins, who is uh, one of the great pioneers in abduction research, uh, felt the same way. And uh, uh, but people just, uh, I just didn't hear that from people. Uh, just uh, it, it never materialized uh, uh, in, in anything I ever did, except once. It it, it didn't exactly materialize, but a a woman who uh, I worked with who was very 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 much into the new age world. Um, uh, so much so that it, it was difficult for me even to understand what she was talking about when she talked to me in just in sort of normal language. But um, she came twice. She came once, and uh, then she wrote me a letter. Oh, well, let me just say she had a standard abduction event. Uh, you know, they took her out of uh, actually she's in the middle of New York City, and uh, they did this to her and that to her and this to her and that to her, and, and then they and then they put her back. And she wrote me uh, a very angry letter saying that she did not remember what she wanted to remember. She had it in her mind that something else entirely different had happened. And she told me something completely different than she had in her mind. And uh, she blamed it on me for asking questions like, what happens next? (laughs) Really? As though you had all, should have all the answers, all of them. I had all the answers, and I had obviously some sort of control over her, like Svengali and Trilby or whatever. And uh, but but in fact, uh, that's not the way uh, the kind of light uh, relaxation induction I do. It's uh, it's just uh, just relaxing people and getting them to feel very calm, and and uh, then asking questions. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. All right. Is there any doubt in your mind that abductions occur? Well, no, there is not. There used to be many, many years ago when I didn't know enough about it. Uh, but um, the evidence is your basic sledgehammer between the eyes now. It's, uh, it is not subtle. It's, it's, it's people see other people being abducted and may not be abducted themselves. People are abducted in groups and can confirm each other's abduction. Can you give me a couple of examples of that? Because people love... Uh 
proof of things. Uh, and we're go- what we're going to discuss tonight is pretty wild stuff. So, yeah, let's begin with a few cases. Well, uh, uh, I'm just, I'll talk generically. Okay. Uh, people are, are abducted in groups oftentimes. Um, uh, now, lots of these are family groups. For example, here's here's two people, two sisters. The sister lived uh, on the grounds of the home that the uh, that the other sister lived. The other sister was married. Sister was the other sister wasn't. And uh, both of them are abductees because this is an intergenerational phenomenon. If a person is an abductee and has kids, then uh, all all the children will be abductees. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they. They had this abduction, and one of them called the other one up in the morning and said, we were abducted last night, and I remember telling you that I was going to um, resist and not do anything they wanted me to do. And I remember you told me that I shouldn't resist because uh, it never works that way, and it's, and it's different, and you know, it's, you can't just uh, say no and that sort of thing. And the other sister said, yeah, I remember that. And then you said you were going to do it anyways. And I said, no, it was just a waste of time. And then, uh-huh. then they, they took up this argument that they had on board the object uh, in the next morning on the phone. Do you know, can, you, can you tell me without names where this occurred? Well, I, I work with people who live within about a hundred mile radius of me, so I can see them often. Uh, them having to, you know, fly here or that that sort of stuff. And your lo- location is? Well, I'm in I'm in uh, just just outside of Philadelphia. I'm in okay. the for all intents purposes in the Philadelphia area. All right, good. Um, you you mentioned there are abductions uh, in which witnesses actually see the person abducted or see the craft or both. That does happen every once in a while. Uh, the most famous case of that was a book called Witnessed uh, by Bud Hopkins, which was the Linda Cortile case. Uh, she's actually, after all these years, this happened in 1989, after all these years, she is um, actually starting to do some talking at UFO conferences. But uh, uh, not only did some people see her being abducted, but hundreds of people apparently saw her being abducted. It was a huge sighting. Uh, traffic stopped on the Brooklyn Bridge, if you can imagine that. I can. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and uh, the one person who got in touch with, with Bud Hopkins, uh, who had witnessed this, thought she, she was watching a, a Hollywood movie or something. And the interesting, one of the interesting things she said is that she, uh, while she was stopped there, she could hear people behind her and the cars behind her screaming. Mm. <laughs> and uh, Linda was taken right out of, right through her window, and uh, uh, with three small gray beings and into a waiting UFO, all of which was visible. Now he thought, Bud thought that that might have been a, a purposeful display, but. Uh, I look at it more mundanely. I, I look at it as an error. Uh, the beings who are abductors uh, are living, sentient beings. They are not perfect, uh, and they make mistakes. And I think this was a mistake, actually. That we, we will never know, but that's my guess at it. Most certainly not the norm. No, definitely not the norm. However, 
sometimes roommates will see other people being taken. Uh, just a few seconds of it, but they can mm-hmm. tell. Uh, uh, one woman uh, related to me a story about how uh, she had no idea she was abducted or anything like that, but her roommate said, you know, I, I had this bizarre dream. I, I dreamed I saw you coming down through the ceiling and into bed. Hmm. And uh, I, we just, a session on that, you know, because that was, it, it, the oddest thing was it wasn't her memory, it was her roommate's memory. So that that happens once in a while, and of course it happens with family people, family all the time, and and uh, uh, and you have to remember also that people are physically missing from their normal environments. This is not some sort of, I don't know, uh, uh, astral plane type situation where where the the mind leaves the body and they travel somewhere. It's not like that at all. It's 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 a physical event that happens in real time. Uh, it's not like, a, you know, they come back and it's only 10 minutes later and it feels like they've been on board for four hours. It's not like that. It's If they feel like they've been on board for four hours, they've been on board for four hours. And when they return, it's four hours later. They they usually notice that or often notice it. So linear time. It's linear time. And not only that, but people sometimes are returned uh, with their, without their clothes on. And oftentimes, if it's at night, it's with their pajamas uh, not on. They're, uh, uh, they're folded neatly on the, on the foot of their bed. Or uh, they're uh, on backwards. Or they're wearing somebody else's clothes. Oh, that's really weird. Um, and that implies there are mass abductions, and so clothes occasionally get mixed up. I, I don't know. Um not perfect people, exactly right. Yeah, not perfect aliens, I should say. So, in these cases where there have been witnesses, one would think that uh, the New York Times, the big mass media, particularly with witnesses, uh, if they stayed around to talk, um, would have printed this kind of thing up, right? I, I, I know that Bob well, Hopkins and yourself collect it, uh, but uh, why didn't it hit the mainstream? Because it's totally insane, They're completely crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, the New York Times used to publish UFO sightings every once in a while, and then the uh, and and the Philadelphia Inquirer uh, used to publish UFO sightings. Uh, they they virtually never published um, uh, abductions, but they would publish UFO sightings, especially major ones seen by a lot of people and all that stuff. Major newspapers don't do that anymore. The only the only papers that do that are uh, regional papers or small town papers, but major newspapers do not do that anymore. It's just old news. Yeah, I don't quite get the mainstream press, uh, Doctor. I I recall the Phoenix Lights, and so interesting because I was actually on the air at the time, and uh-huh. of course we talked the hell out of it. Uh, we just talked and talked about the Phoenix Lights. It was such a gigantic sighting. So many. Uh, thousands of people sighted these craft, and 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 then I sort of got done with it. Uh, we wore it out, and then two months later, two months later, uh, Doctor, uh, the mainstream press suddenly had this. Oh my God, Phoenix lights! There, there's craft. There have been craft over Phoenix. It's like somebody threw a switch, and the mainstream press suddenly got it. And ran with it. It was so weird. Yeah, there, and, and that was that was some time ago now. That, that, that was a oh, long time was, ago. Yeah, yeah, and, 
every once in a while, a major event will happen, like um, the UFO sighted in uh, um, in Chicago at the airport at uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's the name of the airport? O'Hare. At O'Hare Airport, uh, or the sighting in Stevensville, uh, Texas. Yep. That sometimes will make the news, but it's, it really is the exception that proves the rule. Uh, it's, I mean, it just, it's, it's an awful situation. People don't, people have very few places to report it except for some UFO organizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, the United States government, the Air Force or whatever will not accept UFO reports from the public. That's right. Uh, they just refer them to local, uh, organizations. Uh, and, uh, they will accept UFO reports from their own pilots because, you know, they think maybe they're going to be uh, an intruder of some sort to Russians or, or, or whatever, you know. Uh, and so, uh, uh, but, but other than that, uh, the UFO phenomenon uh, seems to have peaked in the 90s in terms of news attention and in terms of television attention and uh, picked up a little bit in the thousands when... Um, when when cable became uh, you know huge, and there and 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 the number of stations suddenly became in the, in the hundreds, and, and they had to fill the time, and, and and now it's 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 sort of dying down again. Yes. But the interesting thing is that the UFO phenomenon is exactly the same as it always was. It's uh, although sometimes people say that they see more triangular shaped objects and larger objects than they used to in those days, but. Um, but nothing has affected the UFO phenomenon itself. And it's in no relation to the society or what the society thinks or the news media or television or anything like that. Well, uh, God knows we're shielded from our own news. So here's a question for you. Is the phenomenon just an American one or is it worldwide? It is a global phenomenon. It, uh, the United States is not the, uh, the mainstay of UFO sightings. It happens all around the world, as do abductions. It's a global phenomenon. My guess is that it started probably around the same time, uh, maybe uh, last quarter of the 19th century. Uh, but uh, it, it, it might have started here first. They might have gotten here first and then spread out. I would doubt that. I would really, really doubt that. Uh, so... Uh, it doesn't seem to go back much uh, much further than than uh, than the, the last quarter of the 19th century, and even then, it's it's problematic. So uh, when people talk about ancient aliens and all that, the, the evidence for that is well, it's it's between slim and none, you know, and, and and as they say, slim left town. Yeah, some some notes on rocks picked pictograms on rocks, that kind of thing, that are a little suspicious, yeah. but beyond that... And um, of course, in those days, people saw strange things in the sky every night of their lives, practically, because they didn't know what stars were, and they didn't know what meteors were, and they didn't know what this was and what that was. All correct, yes. Um, here's something to think about. Uh, the animal mutilations, and in fact, the abduction of cows, uh, pretty well documented, uh, all of that stuff was that prior to the human abductions or uh, concurrent with? You know that we we just don't know that, and that's probably going to be an unknowable unless they tell us in some way. The they being the 
the occupants, as they used to be called years ago uh, in UFO circles. Uh, so, so we don't really know. Uh, there have been documented cases uh, of, of animal mutilations, but for what purpose, I can't imagine. I can see well. stewing a whole cow. I can see that, because then they would cut it up and make food for, for hybrids, <laughs> which we can talk about later. But... But to take just certain organs, it, it just doesn't make any sense. No, and they're all pre- precision surgical cuts and all the rest of that. Uh, but what does make sense to me is that before you would begin doing whatever you're going to do, and we'll talk about that with human beings, you might take a look at what are considered to be lower life forms and look at some of the biology before you started in on the highest part of the chain. Um, how do you mean? Us. In other words, you might oh. you might want to take a look at a cow or a chicken or a cat or a dog or whatever before you began looking at humans, the top of the chain, we, we think. Yeah, but it's so hard to get them under hypnosis. You know what I mean? It's uh, very <laughs> difficult. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well said. But, but you get my point, right? Yes. Uh, I mean, when we when we come up with a new drug or a new procedure, we generally try it out on lower forms first. You know, this it is possible that something like that happened way back when. You know, back in the last quarter of the nineteenth century, or maybe the first quarter of the twentieth century. It's possible that my well, my guess is that when they first got here. Now, now we're talking about the abduction phenomenon again. Right. What first. Got here. I'll tell you what, hold, hold your thought or we'll never complete it uh, on this side of the news. So we're going to do our break, our news and what have you. Then we'll come back with Dr. Jacobs. And I'm telling you, what you're going to hear unwound tonight is going to scare the Tara out of you. It really will, because it did me. That's why Dr. Jacobs is back here tonight. I'm Art Bell. Midnight in the Desert. To call the show, if you're east of midnight, call 1-952-CALL-ART. If you're west of midnight, call 1-952-225-5278. Those are the numbers. My guest is Dr. David Jacobs. His subject is Alien Experimentation on Humans. And here he is again. Um, All right, uh, Doctor, proceed, please. Oh, let's see now. Gosh, what was I saying? Uh... I lost my thread of thought, which, I, of course, I do on a daily basis. It's actually, actually on an hourly basis. That's quite all right. Um, let's move as quickly as we can toward this because there's so much. Um, when do t- abductions typically begin? Well, I actually just remember what I was going to say before. Yes, just, uh, When these aliens first came here early on, they had to do some sort of study even when they when they came here or from afar exactly. to figure out that the life forms on this planet were amenable to them exactly so that had to be done and they they uh, I, I i would imagine 
uh, and it could have been done from afar too, for all I know. So they knew they knew what they were doing by the time they showed up, or at least uh, uh, after they showed up. From, they they pretty much had had the routine down. They knew what they're going to do. They knew that this planet was suitable for them. They knew that uh, life forms were suitable for them. Everything was suitable. Well, I absolutely guarantee you, if I opened the line for abductees, uh, I'd be flooded with people claiming to have been abducted. Now, I'm sure some of them are real, and I'm sure some of them are uh, perhaps fabrications. I don't know, but the people sound very earnest and very honest and not as though they're kidding around at all. Um, So that's just my observation. Generally speaking, when people say that they've been abducted, the chances are that they that they have been abducted. Now, that's not everybody, obviously, and you have to be very careful here. And uh, and there are people who are, shall we say, uh, um, not completely in command of their abilities to think properly, and uh, and so it's it, it can be difficult. But actually, most people don't make those kinds of claims unless they pretty much truly believe it because right. they are such outlandish claims. They are actually many times even embarrassing. Uh, let's move on. Um, when people are abducted, they describe frequently lying on a table. Um, right. Why? Well, you know, table procedures are an extremely important part of the abduction phenomenon. Right. They're given what we call an examination whether this is an examination or not, we don't know. But uh, they're put on, their clothes are removed, they're taken into a room, there's a table there, they get up on the table. It is not like a table that, that normally we would, we would uh, consider a table with four legs and all that. But, um, and uh, then there's a series of, 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 of procedures that are administered to them that are both uh, uh, mental and physical uh, uh, procedures. We do not know what any of the technologically-based procedures are. They use instruments. They use uh, various kinds of contraptions and this and that. We have no knowledge of what these things do at all, which is a very interesting idea because, as I've said before, the abduction phenomenon is unlike the UFO phenomenon in that with UFOs you can be mistaken in what you see, but with abductions it's 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 black or white. It's you're you're abducted or you're or it's or it's mental. It's physical. It's physical or it's mental. Right. And if this were mental, people would simply make up what these uh, uh, contraptions are, what these technological machines are doing to them. You know, they, they would just do that. All right. Well, once again, we come to no. the proof part, uh, doctor, and and perhaps here we can uh, give people a little bit of proof. Are there similarities? Uh, in the uh, procedures that people describe that they have gone through, uh, that, that yes. Oh, absolutely. If there weren't similarities, I, I would we wouldn't be talking. They're all this, and not only similarities; they're precisely detailed similarities about specific instruments and things like that 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 I've heard a hundred times, I mean. and nobody has the slightest idea what they are, and uh, and nobody outside of uh, me and, and other UFO researchers have ever heard anything like that. Uh, and so it's 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 a it's a procedure it's procedures that that are both physical and mental as well. Uh, in other words, one time I was working with a, a woman, and um, 
she was a young girl at the time, and uh, stop me if I've said this before, and uh, she said that this being was staring at her, and uh, I said, uh, well, you know, what, what's he staring at? Is he staring at your, the fact that you're laying there, you know, assuming he's standing around or something? And he said, no, no, he's staring very, he's, he's, he's pretty close to me. I said, well, yeah, uh, you know, is he, is he looking at your head or something? And he said, or your, your body, you know, he's, she said, no, 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 he's, he's looking at my, in my, uh, in my eyes. He's looking at my eyes. Mm. I said, well, how far away is he from you? And she said, well, his forehead is touching mine. Wow. And I said, well, can you close your eyes? She said, no. I said, well, can you avert your eyes? You know, go left, right, left, right, left, mm-hmm. right. She said, no. And I had absolutely no idea what that was. And, and very interesting. Really. I mean, if you think about our vision, if we were forehead to forehead, Doctor, I couldn't make out details of you at all. Right. I did figure it out to the best of my abilities, which may be in totally and completely wrong, but I did figure it out eventually. What they're doing there is their eyesight is not exactly the same as ours. They have a, a different properties. But they're hooking into the optic nerve, which is the only nerve that can be seen from the outside, from what people tell me, and uh, using it as a conduit to energize any other neural pathways in the brain that they want. So the correct question to ask people when this happens is, what's going on in your mind doing this? And they'll say things, well, let's see, I'm seeing a tabletop, I'm seeing a pencil, I'm seeing a dog, I'm seeing a painting, and and all these disconnected objects, as you can see that they're just going through memories in some way that that are flashing one after another. Like somebody said, somebody was like they were thumbing through a deck of cards or something. And, uh, um, and they were seeing what this person did in the last few weeks and all that. And then there's other things. Well, first of all, I've also had people describe to me different sensations in their body as, as these people are inside their minds. You can tell that they're, 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 they're going to different spaces, uh, innervating nerve endings in the, in the spine and this and that. But, um, uh, uh, there's something else that goes on here too, unfortunately, and that is that they can, in fact, stimulate sexual response. All right, here we go. Um, yeah, through the eyes of all things. And through the eyes, really. Yeah, through the eyes. This is all done while staring. Oh, uh, gee, I wish they could pass that talent on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what this is. <laughs> is an egg-taking phenomenon. This is not... uh, Whereas when I wrote my first book on The Secret Life, I thought that they were extremely interested in in sexuality Uh and all that, the human sexual response. They have no interest in that whatsoever. (laughs) Now now that I've learned more. uh, But it's all about uh, facilitating the taking of ova from women and how that relates I do not know. And sperm, sperm from men as well, correct? Take sperm from men all the time. Take, uh-huh. take eggs from women all the time. That's all table stuff. That's table procedures. People are never abducted just for table procedures. Well, I shouldn't say never. Most of the time, people are not abducted for table procedures. 
All right, and again, there there is a chain here in in terms of abductions. They frequently begin early in life, or dad had one, and now I'm having one, and they continue through life, and then even through generations. But if what you're saying now about sperm and eggs is true, that would make sense because they would be tracking and observing their their product, their work. I suppose. But they're taking those sperm and eggs. They're uh, uh, fertilizing, excuse me, fertilizing them, adding something to them. Maybe it's DNA from aliens. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. But they are altering that zygote. They place it back in the woman, and the woman then feels pregnant, is pregnant, and then after a couple of months. Uh, the little tiny embryo that is there is removed. All right. Hold on for one second, Doctor. I want to read you and everybody something. This came from a nurse uh, who we are in discussions with now, and for reasons that will be obvious, she wants to remain and will remain anonymous, as will the uh, the patient in this case. But I'm beginning to get more of these. This one stands out. Hi, Art. I just wanted to tell you about a patient I recently had in the ER. It was a young mother who had already presented twice previously since confirming pregnancy 10 weeks ago. On those visits, she said she felt uneasy about her pregnancy and was concerned for the baby's well-being. Each time we did blood work, and an ultrasound to confirm that everything was as it should be. On the third visit, she presented to ER stating that she just didn't feel pregnant. And could we please ensure that everything were, all things were okay? Upon obtaining blood work, her HCG levels were those of a non-pregnant woman. Her pelvic ultrasound revealed no fetus. No evidence of a recent pregnancy. We knew this was not correct because we had recent ultrasounds showing a live single fetus within the uterine, uh, within the uterine cavity. This time there was no fetus present. The patient did not report any signs or symptoms of a miscarriage, just simply quit feeling pregnant. She was apprehensive about this pregnancy right from the start and now the pregnancy had vanished. To a documented and photographed via ultrasound fetus was now missing, no sign of it or where it went. I couldn't help but immediately think of your guest talking about the hybrids he reads. Could this be a case of a pregnancy that was removed from the mother, as your guest had suggested? She sounded eerily familiar. So... I got that. When I got it, I called um, uh, Dr. Jacobs right away, and I said, oh, my God, listen to this. And he said, I've heard it a million times. Right, doctor? That is correct. That is correct. This is standard. Uh, once once they take that uh, altered uh, embryo and put it in into the... Uh, into the woman's uterus or wherever they're going to put it. There's all, they also place it in other areas. Um, that woman uh, will have it removed at around 9 to, to 12 weeks, 
and uh, uh, this this happens to most women uh, who have ova, and uh, if they've had an oophorectomy, if they've had their 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 ova ova removed, uh, then uh, other things are done to them. I mean, they still use them uh, for incubation and for other other things. Uh, so it doesn't get them out of the woods, so to speak. But uh, but this is extremely common. Uh, uh, Bud Hopkins uh, uh, first began to study this uh, years and years and years ago, decades ago. And uh, what they're doing here is they are, I'm going to use the, uh, the probably the correct word here, manufacturing hybrids. Mm-hmm. They put these little embryos into tanks and gestate them in tanks. And, uh, uh, and eventually they are removed and then, and then the, the woman, uh, is required to, uh, hold them from time to time, feed them from time to time. We're not, uh, we're not sure whether they're the same babies that, uh, that, that they took out of her. You know, I, I have heard these stories, uh, doctor, from women directly. Uh, you know, in the interviews that I've done, uh, over the years, I've heard these stories. I've even heard, Women tell me that uh, they were reintroduced to a child they once had. Uh, you know, when the child is three or four, they're uh, abducted and actually shown the child. I have no idea why or what it means, but I've heard about that. Yes, I, I've heard about that too, but we can't guarantee that that is actually their child. I guess not. I mean, and in, in some ways, it's not. Right. I would assume it's probably not because I don't know if they keep records. There's no, we don't have any evidence of them writing things down anywhere. Uh, uh, well, maybe there are people sometimes who seem to be looking at a clipboard, but but a writing. Well, they may have moved past the pencil. They might. Have, they might have. They might have moved past <laughs> holding something in their hands for yeah, all we know. That's right. But but um, the thing is though that that. Uh, uh, there's, there's, uh, we don't know how they differentiate between any of the maybe sometimes uh, hundreds of, of, of fetuses, babies that they have floating in gestational tanks, uh, waiting to be taken out. Uh, these are, this is a tanks with nutritional uh, 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 material in it, you know, uh, uh, to keep the babies uh, alive, so to speak. But, and they're. Uh, they're fed through skin absorption, essentially. Okay, and these babies, you call them what? Well, these are all hybrid babies. These hybrid. are these, these are a, a mixture of alien and human, mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, there there are different types of hybrids. Ones who look really, really quite alien, but then again, not. And when I say alien, I'm using gray aliens as the standard, although they are not. The, the brains behind the, the, the whole enterprise. But the uh, gray aliens everybody knows, everybody loves, and so uh, that's, that's essentially, I think, what's, what's happening with them, but I, I can't be absolutely sure. Uh, I'm not so sure everybody loves the gray aliens. <laughs> well, they know about them. Advertising agencies do, I think, though. So. Oh, that's true. Uh, so, but... Um, uh, there are ones who, and there's a gradation of children who look really quite grayish, so to speak, and ones who look really quite human. And then there are some who look absolutely human. 
but and there's some, but there aren't some that look absolutely uh, like gray aliens. All right. Uh, do these hybrids get returned to Earth uh, despite how they may look? No. No. They, if they're if they're going to be taken to Earth to live here, they must look absolutely human with no distinguishing characteristics whatsoever that would uh, suggest otherwise. All right, and, but those are brought back. Those in recent years are being brought back to live here, yes. The, I never thought I would say something like that ever in my life, but there it is. And... Um, uh, that 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 appears to be true. That that's uh, that my my last book, my latest book is is all about that. And uh, so yes, <laughs> even now, even after I've given, done a bunch of interviews about this, I'm still it still sticks in my my throat a little bit to have to say that. <laughs> I understand. Um, what do you imagine, or do you have you heard, or do you know happens to those that? look a little too alien to be returned. I wonder what becomes of them. Right. The ones who are, for example, what I call early stage hybrids who look really alien. They have uh, uh, very, very uh, dark black eyes, but there are whites in the eyes, little bits of whites on either side. Uh, they have um, a little mouth, uh, but it's an actual mouth. Uh, Lord, uh, hold on, Doctor. I don't know where that hour went. Um you all don't want to go away. Trust me on this. You don't want to go away. Professor David Jacobs is my guest. We'll be back in two minutes. Stay right where you are. Side of Midnight. From the Kingdom of Nye, this is Midnight in the Desert with Art Bell. Please call the show at 1-952-225-5278. That's 1-952-CALL-ART. So my guest is Dr. David Jacobs. He's back again. We're talking about abductions. We're talking about humans who have been taken and... Um, uh, sexual things have been done to them, not not sexual in the terms of sexy sexual. Sperm taken from men, um, over from uh, uh, women, eggs, and they're doing something with them. They're creating hybrids, and some of those hybrids are being returned to Earth. The ones that look human, the ones that uh, you wouldn't even blink an eye at, are returned to Earth. The others, um, well, we, we don't know, right, Professor? Uh, that's right. Uh, although uh, there's there's pretty good evidence that they that they simply become members of the workforce. Wonderful. In other words, what you're looking at here is is not simply aliens examining us, aliens studying us. Uh, this is a a workforce. Borrowed uh, and built through um, human genes and and, and all that, uh, along with uh, alien genes, if they have such things, and 
everybody on board a UFO, no matter where UFO is sighted or what a UFO is, and there, there are exceptions to that, but uh, everybody on board is working towards a goal. In other words, this is this is not just a study. They're not examining us. They're not trying to figure out what makes us tick or anything like that. Uh, and so uh, this is boiled down to a goal-directed, uh, a very uh, carefully thought out and expertly done program uh, ultimately, uh, to 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 build hybrids. Mm-hmm. You told me a story uh, about um, a case in which a fetus was removed from a woman about the same way, the same kind of story I told you. Uh, you might want to repeat that one here if you're able. This is a woman. Uh, well, I've got, I've got a bunch of these, but I think this is the one where. Um, a woman had elected to have to have the pregnancy terminated. She she couldn't be pregnant. She couldn't even have imagined how she was pregnant, but but she was. She had had it confirmed and all the rest of that, and she elected for a termination. And uh, if this is the story that I told you, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was on the table, and the doctor was there, and he started the the procedure, and he said, and he he got astonished. He said, and he said. Well, there's no, there's no fetus here. There's no, and the nurse who was standing there looked at him and, and put her finger to her lips and said, "Shh." And the woman who was on the on the table said, "Huh? What? What, what are you talking about?" Yeah, yeah she right. sort of out of. And they put her back down and they continued through the the now mock termination procedure. Uh, because my guess is that everything was a matter of, of liability at that time, and because they had already told her she was pregnant, and there she is not pregnant. But she didn't know it. Uh, there was no expulsion of, uh, of there was no blood that was uh, there. There was no cramping. There was no nothing like that. Now, I'm not a gynecologist, and I would assume that uh, some gynecologists would say, well, sometimes... It happens that way, and it, it might be, you know, on the toilet, and the person doesn't even know it. That might be possible. But and I've heard cases of um, very early-term things being absorbed. It has to be extremely early-term, just right. a little module. It Got it. Be, uh, yeah, eventually it becomes a foreign body, and the person's... Uh, in a foreign, foreign body in the person's body, and they, they can't absorb it. They have to just expel it. How would we even possibly know how many cases in America or worldwide of disappearing fetuses, like the story I read from the nurse here, uh, there are? Could, could we possibly know that even? I don't know if there are records of that. Uh, I, 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 I'd be interesting to find out. I, I, would, like to, I would like to know that. Uh, it happens to all women abductees who have uh, ova ready to be, you know, ready. Now, when I say it happens to all of them who have ova, well, they all do because I've had uh, people, kids who are as, as young as, as 13 or 14 have uh, eggs taken from them. Uh, and it, it, it's along with all this sexual buildup beforehand and everything, uh, it, it for some of them, it ruins their lives. Uh, they become sexually attached in a, in a strange way to these gray aliens, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they look for for a, a mate later on. Who uh, I had one woman who told me that uh, she she saw a guy who was thirty years 
years older than her or whatever it was. And he was short, he was bald, and he wore big, thick, horn-rimmed glasses. She fell for him. She, could, she couldn't control herself. And uh, after she learned about the abduction phenomenon, she realized why. But um, they, it, it was such an odd odd thing. I mean, she knew it was odd when it was happening, and they got married. And uh, then they lived separately. But but the fact was that, that, that it was in, uh, just an inc- uncontrollable impulse in her, but she was an abductee, and that's how, and that's how it came out. Uh, so uh, I st- I'm still in contact with her after this story. All right, let's move through a lot of things fast. Um, how do the abductees describe... Uh, the way these aliens look. Well, there's there's a, a variety of different aliens on board. Uh, there's uh, ones who look insect-like, or insectolins, as I call them in, in my new book, and um, they are the ones who are in control. They are the commanders in chiefs. Oh. They give orders. Everybody else takes orders. They do not come down and do grunt work like taking abductees up to the UFO. Uh, they do specialized things. They do some uh, procedures. Uh, they they will, but but they're the ones who who everybody obeys apparently. Uh, off to the side, and I'm going to leave these off to the side. There's a small group of ones who look sort of reptile-like, rep, reptilians or reptilians, as I call them. Right. And uh, they uh, do the same procedures that everybody else does for people. Uh, uh, I'll talk about them a little bit later if you want. Uh, But they are huge on the Internet and not huge with with abductees. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, then there's gray aliens uh, who come in two types, tall and small. The taller ones do more of the table procedures and uh, that are more complex. The small ones... Uh, chauffeur people around from room to room. They come down and they get uh, abductees, bring them back on board. Uh, they help them get their clothes on. They get to help them get their clothes off. Uh, they're 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 major figures in this because they will do some procedures themselves. Uh, but 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 they have their place. All right. Um... Then, well, then there's a whole range of hybrids who are also in the same business of doing everything that the gray, gray beings do. Right. Early stage, middle stage, late stage, right. mid stage. So All right, so what I was going to ask is, uh, do you know offhand uh, which species, if we can talk about them that way, uh, we are getting our DNA mixed up with up there? Any clue? You know, I can't absolutely tell you that. We don't know. And here, here's the problem. We don't know the backstory. We don't know where they are putting the egg and the sperm together and altering it in some way. We don't, uh, we don't, it's got to be done in an assembly line fashion because this goes on night and day 24-7, uh, taking eggs and sperm and all of that. This is just constant. And so there has to be an assembly line type of situation with gray aliens or insectolins or reptilians or whatever it is somewhere else, but not in the confines where the where people are. So uh, Bart Hopkins had one person who said that she saw one of these assembly line type things uh, where they were doing diddling with the with the, with the eggs and the sperm. But that's only one person saying that, 
and you need more than one to have a have uh, some sort of reality to it. So sure. you could have dreamed that or something, you know. Sure. So, uh, so we, we don't know anything that goes on backstage. Oddly enough, uh, e- even with people who've had long events, three days, five days, there's very little backstage that we know. Sometimes we'll know a little bit more, but but really very little. Uh, so it, it's everything is as it should be. All right, here's a question for you. Um, at what age, generally, uh, Doctor, are these hybrids, the ones that can be returned to Earth because they look enough like us, um, at what point are they returned to Earth? Right, well, the, the word returned is probably not right. It's, 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 it's set loose on Earth is what it is. Uh, they, 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 they're settling down on Earth. They, they, they still live in the UFOs up until they, they live here. The age is... Um, starts around 17, 18. Now, it's impossible to tell because, number one, they do not know their own ages because they are not born. They are just taken out of a gestation tank. And age means nothing up there. They don't have birthdays. They don't celebrate ages. So so if they think about it, they, if, well, my guess is between the age of around 17 and 23, Okay, um, and they've been in virtually in tanks until that point, or at some point, well, do, they, do they come right. out of the tanks? Do they go through some sort of, um, oh, God, I don't know what the right word is, um, briefing procedure? I mean, they've got to be told something about Earth. Right. Well, we've never seen them actually taken out of tanks, but we see them in various um, uh, areas of growth. In other words, we see little tiny fetuses. We see them larger and larger and larger. And then people will say it looks like a baby that's floating in there, you know. Mm. And uh, and then they're removed. And, uh, at, at, and I don't know exactly what time. Once again, we don't know the backstory. And uh, uh, they, they they then have a society that they live in on the UFO, mm-hmm. and they learn things about Earth. Even the ones who are not going to be here, to live here, learn things about Earth for reasons that I do not know. And uh, some of them might become part of the workforce as well. And uh, we don't know what happens to all the rest of them who don't measure up right. to being perfectly normal. We, we don't know whether they're jettisoned into deep space mm-hmm. or they're used for food or whatever they're used for. We, we don't know that. I hope not food. So do I. So, they are returned to Earth in increasingly large numbers. And uh, then when they get to Earth, they cannot just simply function because we are actually a pretty complicated society. And if you haven't lived in it, unless you've lived in an awfully good assimilation of it, you can't function, right, uh, when you get here. So That is correct. Now, once again, I can't speak for... Everything that's happening in India, where you have tremendous numbers of people walking around all the time. Oh yes. Uh, but uh, um, but in America, uh, it's a very complex society. They learn as much as they possibly can learn from abductees on board the UFO before they get ready to come down. Mm-hmm. However, the amount that they learn from abductees is minuscule. 
infinitesimal compared to what they are required to know when they finally get here. In other words, having to wait for a red light to cross the street, yes, or or how you what what a bottle of uh, of, of Coke is, or a can of Coke, and how do you open the can, and and what does it taste like, and these things you can only learn if you're here, uh, because they don't usually take foodstuffs and things like that on, on board the UFO. Um, so uh, they they have a tremendous the abductees then take over teaching them when they're here as well and go with them to different places to teach them uh, what a what a uh, a supermarket is mm-hmm. or uh what a doctor's office is like or uh, uh, or what a doctor is <laughs> um and and every single thing that they don't have on UFOs which is almost everything they have to learn uh, just like they dropped out of the sky from Mars. Right. Um, and you say it's abductees that teach them. Abductees teach them. Uh, aliens aren't going to teach them because the aliens don't know either. So uh, their, their their job is not to know. Their job, uh, the gray aliens, for example, is to just uh, do uh, their, the, the, the tasks that they were bred for, that they were made for. They they're single-minded. They have uh, no other function than that, and that's what they do. All right. You use two terms, uh, hybrids and hybrids, right? In my in my latest book called Walking Among Us, which uh, the title describes exactly what's happening, I guess, mm-hmm. um, I, 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 I say that the ones who are walking among us, who are actually here, who are living here, I call them hybrids because just to differentiate from hybrids, actually they're hybrids. Actually, they're aliens. Yeah. <laughs> they were, uh, yeah, I mean, they're all aliens in a way. And uh, But the hubrids are, are, are so human-looking that you cannot differentiate. And therefore, just to make sure that I'm clear about who, who's who and what's what, I use the word hubrids for the ones who are actually moving in and living here right. and staying overnight in their apartments, that sort of thing. Uh now, there is one difference between hybrids and humans. They can control us, and we cannot control them. When on board a UFO, all people, all humans are under control for most of the time. Every once in a while, somebody breaks loose and runs down the hallway and all that. But, uh, but it's unusual, and, and uh, it, uh, most of the time, they're under tight control neurologically. Everybody who who speaks on on the UFO speaks telepathically. There is no sounds. There's no music. There's no patter of people talking. There's there's no nothing. It's just sort of silent with with people shuffling along and instruments clanging and this and that. Yeah, but uh, if they're ever going to get back here and function, even in a limited way, they have to learn to talk. They have to learn to talk. They have to learn what music is. They have to learn what writing is. They have to learn everything, everything. And abductees start teaching them on board the UFO, and then when they come down, they'll. When oftentimes they come down as uh, a, a child or two with a with a with a, a hybrid caretaker with them, an older caretaker, and they learn uh, about what a kitchen is and what a refrigerator is, and what a computer is, and what a television is, and what a rug is. All right. Uh, Here's something I want to observe. I have talked to many abductees in my years, and 
many times, Doctor, there's a physical altercation of some sort. And while we might imagine because they're aliens, they're super strong, fact is, they're really not. Uh, and I've, I've talked to people who have pushed the aliens, have punched the aliens, and have otherwise physically assaulted them, and they usually are described as lightweight, not physical at all, and usually can't take a punch. Yeah, I've had that also. I've had to uh, have uh, push them, and I uh, had one grab one by the throat. Uh, I had one uh, uh, pull. They were she was being walked down a hallway with her arms up. They were holding onto her elbows. Uh, two aliens, and she got one alien, one elbow loose, and then just brought her forward, and then flipped it back and hit this uh, gray alien in the eye with uh, with her elbow, and a mm-hmm. white substance came out. Right. And uh, they hustled her away, and they said she shouldn't do that. That was bad. That was not good. That right. was bad. And they they put her in stirrups, and uh, and then they tied her down, so to speak, to a table. And they were very very upset. And then uh, they went on with their procedures. But that does happen. It does happen from time to time. But these gray aliens weren't built for for strength. They were built uh, because they have certain tasks to do that don't require a whole lot of strength. Well, I've, I've got a reason for what I said. In other words, if you're going to talk about an invasion, if you're going to talk about a slow but sure invasion of our planet and, and our species, uh, then, you know, they may have ray guns or who knows what they've got on those ships, but really... They've right now got about 7 billion people, most of them people, I hope, um, who would fight them and who would uh, cause a lot of trouble for them. We have bombs and missiles and nuclear weapons and a lot more strength physically than they have. So if you want to take over a planet, let's be honest, we're talking here about invasion, this would be the way to do it instead of, you know, the classical Independence Day uh, scenario. Well, uh, right, exactly. And what you're doing is you're putting down humans, people who look human, who are just average, average size, average weight, average everything. They might be, oh, never so slightly naive, but uh, <laughs> but they're humans. And you, and you can't tell, you know, it, it, they're doing it in a very intelligent way and it's taking them a very long time to do it, but that means that apparently means nothing. Time means nothing. The question then is, is how long do these beings live? And for gray beings, are they just, you know, they, they, they keel over backstage somewhere and they just clone another one and, and mm-hmm. out comes another one. They all look alike. Uh, and then there are, are the, the insect-like ones, the ones who are calling the shots here. How long do they live? Do they live 10,000 years? Do they live only 500 years? Uh, we don't know that. Uh, but time apparently means nothing. There's no particular hurry from what I can gather about this. Apparently not. And again, so that people understand, these hybrids that are returned um, are in every way that you would see and or hear just like us. Uh, one major difference and that's the difference that <laughs> I guess would make all the difference, and that is they can control what we 
think. We were talking about mind control last night, and uh, here's a pretty good example of it. These hybrids have the ability to control what we think. Is that correct, Doctor? That is correct, and you're putting a light froth on it. Uh, well, go ahead and put all the icing on you want. They can, they can make us do whatever they want to make us do. They can make us act in any way they want. They, they can basically control our, 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 our functioning, our, our higher level of functioning and, and, uh, and thinking, and, and they can make us love them and hate them. Whatever it is, they can do it. Now, there are some people who it's much more difficult to do for, do it to. They, they, they're resistors. Uh, the woman named Karen Morgan, who appeared in, in all three of my books on abductions, is a resistor from the beginning, and uh, she still resists, but she winds up doing whatever they want anyway. It doesn't matter. Uh, but most people are not resistors, uh, and they just go along with whatever is said to them. But the problem is, is that that makes us a second-class species. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. If they can control our thoughts and our actions... Uh, let, let me ask this. Uh, is there any indication, Doctor, that they are frequently exercising this already? Or do you think when the right moment comes, they begin exercising it in large numbers? Oh, gosh. Well, that might be the change, for all we know, the, the, which I haven't talked about yet. But um, uh, I, I, I don't really know. Here's what I do know. People, all communication is telepathic on board. People are hearing words. They're repeating. They're, they're saying things, and there's, there's back and forths with, uh, with beings and all that sort of stuff. When they leave, they have totally forgot that they were abducted, and there is no telepathy. Except every once in a while, because these beings who are uh, here are, are not perfect, an abductee will still be telepathic when they come back. And it fades after about a week, about seven days or so, and then it's gone. And they can tell what people are thinking in a room, and and they don't like it. They hate it. They're, they they don't want it to happen that way. They're, they're, they they don't want to be around people then. Uh, and I've had several cases of that. And they, so, uh, one person complained to me, and I said, just wait it out. It'll 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 fade, and it does. So that happens. That's a mistake. All right, what is, uh, I have people uh, calling the show all the time telling me they feel like a singularity is coming, a great change. Uh, you used the phrase, the change. What do you mean by that, please? Years ago, people were, were describing how these aliens were saying that uh, soon there's going to be a change, change is coming soon, soon mm -hmm. everybody's going to be happy, soon everybody would know their place, hmm. soon it's going to be wonderful, uh, etc., and so, as I think I mentioned to you before, I asked them what the, what they meant by the change, if they knew, and nobody knew. Well, I, I'm told all the time that that's that's when get Windows 10, and then then I'll be happy and all will be well. <laughs> <laughs> My computer tells me that every day. That just happened to me last week, actually. Yeah. So I have experienced the change. Yeah. Uh, then I asked them what soon meant, because with time means nothing, soon might mean in 10,000 years or it might mean in 10 minutes for all right, we know. Right, of course, yes. Nobody knew the answer to that either. Uh, so, um, but, but it is your contention that this, this taking of uh, that 
which is most precious to us, our youngsters, uh, in the womb, uh, is going on massively, and it's an ongoing thing, and these humans are being replaced by hubrids who can control us. So if that isn't an invasion, I, I don't know what is, and that's why when you got on here the first time and talked about it, I finally said, well, my God, you're talking about an invasion, and you, you I think you said you said it, I didn't. That's right. Uh, it, it, it is that. It, it really is that. It, this is an existential threat. This is a threat to all humanity. It's a global phenomenon. It, it's not just us here in, in the United States. And uh, uh, people, I, I, you can't imagine how many emails I get from people from around the world uh, filling out a questionnaire that I have on my website talking about uh, all these uh, unusual things that have happened to them that don't happen to non-abductees. And uh, it's it, the, the numbers that are out there in terms of how many people are abductees is, is enormous. It's a small percentage of the population. Uh, uh, Bud Hopkins and I, you know, figured out it was 2% through the uh, Roper polls, uh, 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 you know, asking questions about the, about certain questions that they, uh, would indicate that they were abductees. Uh, but they used 6,000 people to answer these questions. Uh, uh, their plus minus on this, uh, for error rate was only 1.4%, which is very, very, very low. And, uh, we figured out after cooking the numbers down so that they were more realistic, uh, we figured out that about 2% of the American people were abductees. Well, 2% of 330 million is uh, one hell of a lot of people. Yes, it is. And what bothers me is, uh, we're taking a break here, Doctor, that, you know, when it gets right down to it, there'll only be the change. No fight, just a change. You keep saying you've got something for me. I'm going to want to fight, I think. Midnight in the Desert doesn't screen calls. We trust you, but remember, the NSA... Well, you know. To call the show, please dial 1-952-225-5278. That's 1-952-CALL-ART. All right. We are going to open the lines now. That number again, the national number, area code 952-225-5278. Oh, by the way, some news that's uh, breaking across some parts of the Internet uh, that Putin may have made a veiled nuclear threat against the Islamic nation. That, that would not be good. We have uh, other lines that you can use. Uh, you can, of course, come to us on Skype. I'd uh, love to have you do that. Uh, and I think most of you by now know how to use Skype, right? We are MITD51 for North America, Canada, and America. And um, outside of North America, we are MITD55. That's MITD55. Other lines you can use if you are so inclined. We have a first-time caller line, area code 775-285-5800. Easy enough. If you've never called the show, we kind of reserve that away for people who are new. 
area code 775-285-5800. Roswell is an avenue you can also enter into. I'm going to give you that number now. It routes through Roswell, New Mexico. Kind of appropriate, I think, right? Area code 575-208-7787. Again, area code 575-208-7787. My guest is Dr. David Jacobs, and what he's saying is nothing less than startling. And I, I want to talk just for a moment about the change. Uh, Doctor, the world surely is in difficult straits right now. There's no, no question about that. Um, there's always the possibility that we will somehow destroy ourselves. It's always looming, it seems, over our heads. Um, I wonder if such an event were pending or likely that you believe that uh, they would use what they already have in place, these hybrids, and they would simply project changes to our minds to stop it all and perhaps hurry their agenda along, whatever in God's name that is. Well, once again, these are, are, are hypothetical questions that, that are really tough to, 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 to know. I, I don't know if they have any knowledge of, of the politics of the society or the, uh, the 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 international politics of the society of the world, rather. Uh, I, I don't. Uh, from what I can gather, uh, they they have no knowledge of uh, of the name of the country that they're living in. They have to be told that. Uh, uh, I mean, the level of knowledge that that Hubert's have is is extremely small. What's going on in the insect-like ones and in the insectolins' minds? Uh, that I don't know. The, they, my guess is that if they can just hold out and we don't destroy ourselves in the uh, in the meantime, that we will be working. They will be, in fact, in control of governmental activities. Sure. Sure. In other words, if they have the ability to control our thoughts, control our actions then they could either, I suppose, propel us towards something awful, although one cannot imagine what earthly reason they would have for doing that. I would think that they would uh, uh, propel us toward, uh, gee, I don't know, uh, their own, whatever their goals are. Yeah, uh, it's also certainly possible that that as second-class species we would be leaving... Uh, living under the control of, of these aliens uh, and not our own governments anymore. That that control would shift. But who knows? I, 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 I do not understand. And I don't really know what the change is either. And I, I, it, it's something that, that so many people have talked talk to me about. Nobody knows. The change could be that, the change of ownership of the planet, so yeah, to speak. Yeah, exactly. The change of ownership uh, of the planet. Uh, what right. better way to take over a planet than uh, what we've been talking about tonight? You don't need the big guns. You don't need the big anything. You just slowly substitute um, us for them, and I refer to the, the, the hybrids, until there are sufficient numbers of them to simply accomplish what they want to accomplish. Boom. Exactly right. Now, there have been disturbing things about this that uh, that I've heard for years and years, and I 
could never quite figure out how or why or what, but this certainly might play a part in it. People have been told sometimes that uh, in in the future you're going to have a task. In the future, you're going. Uh, you'll know when the task you have to do the task, and and they will tell them sometimes what the task is. And you, a lot of people have told me this off the wall story that they will be standing on a sidewalk while a group of angry or disturbed or confused or or frightened humans are running down the street. And their job is to manage crowd control, is to say everything is okay, everything is fine, just keep moving in this direction, just keep moving in this direction. And in one of these accounts that I heard, they were all moving towards a flying saucer, a UFO, a space traveling vehicle. And uh, that was one of the more disturbing ones that I heard. Uh, but but that was that's one of the most common things that I hear from people, and it's such a it's such an odd thing to say, you know, if you're trying to make something up, that that just wouldn't be. I wouldn't. Even, how would you even think of something like that? That that would be your job later on. You know, uh, you think a job would be something like uh, the protecting, or something like uh, protecting aliens, or 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 helping the aliens out with their procedures, or whatever it is. Okay, know? doctor, I really, really, really want to go to the phones, but one more question for you, and then we will. And that it, that is, is there among aliens? A lot of people wonder this. Is there a pecking order? Is there a, a hierarchy? Yes, the the insect like ones are at the top. Uh, when they first came, when they first came, they had to have beings with them who would go down and get people because they don't go down and and abduct uh, people. So they brought a small workforce with them of other aliens who I think are the reptilians, the reptilian ones. Then, after they got eggs and, and, and sperm and all the rest of the stuff, they created the gray aliens. So they're, uh, they're next on the pecking order, probably with the, the, uh, the reptilians. Uh, and then comes the various hybrids. Now, it's not that authority flows Downward and, and person people have uh, uh, you know have lower statuses. It's just that they have different tasks. They have different jobs. They're built literally built for uh, to do different things. Well, do you believe that they are cooperative with each other or uh, toward a common goal, meaning us, uh, or do you think there are differences among them as there are differences among nations here on Earth? No, there are different. They, they, for example, gray aliens sometimes will get into a discussion about doing a specific procedure. Most of the time, they just do it. Uh, but sometimes uh, there, there's a question of if they should do it or not. That might be the only disharmony that 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 I've seen. Most of them just do what they're supposed to do, and they do it twenty four seven. There's no indication that they sleep. Uh, Hybrids, the more they become human, the more they uh, differ, the more they uh, can get sometimes into uh, little arguments and things like that. Uh, but it, they're still all under control, and uh, it's, it's, it really is a different species. And, and so uh, uh, the pecking order isn't exactly the way you would 
thing of it. It's just that everybody knows their place. Okay. All right. Um, let's go outside the country. Johnny, you're on the air. Uh, good evening, gentlemen. Uh, Dr. Jacobs, I understand that because you've done this research over many, many years, over so many subjects that you've, you've come across, you've got like a video recorder of, of events that seems to be recorded by all walks of life from all cultures. And so my question is, with that so much data and storage of information, have you been able to pass this information on as, an, as a sense of intelligence, um, to be able to share it with other people that can somehow decipher, you know, do we have an age of what aliens, age group they're coming to? Uh, you know, are they all, is it, are they going to be like troopers? Um, things like this. And my other question was, was, was that in the Bible, it mentions that there will be indemnity between them. Johnny, those are very different questions. Hold on, let's get the answer to number one. Well, the first one is, are there, is there anybody in the scientific, academic, or governmental communities who is interested in this subject? There are a few people, and not in the numbers that it would take to really tackle the subject. Uh, and in, in most countries, there's, there's nothing. Uh, and most, most of the UFO organizations in other countries focus on, on the outside shells of objects. They focus on people seeing UFOs and not on the abduction phenomenon. In other, in other words, not what's going on inside the objects, uh, even though there, there are people who, uh, you know, say that they've been abducted in, you know, in countries around the world. In terms of the federal government, I, I, I don't know, but I, my guess is that nobody cares whatsoever about this subject. My sense is that you have to have a, a group of scientists of very, very serious quality, serious big-time scientists, internationally known Nobel winners and all the rest of that, who sign a letter saying that this, is need, this needs to be studied by the government. And, and maybe that would, would, would push people off the dime a little bit. But it is so off the wall. It's so crazy. It's so unlikely, and and uh, it, it's and it's all done in secret, and people don't know what the, that they're abductees, and, and then they suddenly do know it, and this and that. It, it, but my, my question, Doctor Jacobs, is with the subjects and all these subjects that you have, are any of those prepared to come forward and disclose so that we can watch and hear these these uh, hypnotic regressions and, and hear what these people are saying, so that the public can make up their own mind and. Make Maybe, maybe between us we can use intelligence in that way to, to maybe come to a, some other understanding. But to go back to my other question, Dr. Jacobs, it was regarding, in the Bible it mentions an indemnity that would be put between them and us, and I assume it's in the spirit, in the life force, which I believe is where God resides with us, you know, when we die on the earth as a, a bit of meat or back to the dust, as they say, but the spirit is a continuum, and I believe is that is the breath of life of God for my personal saviour. But, but for you, sir, I ask you, you know, do, do you have a, a spiritual belief that, that this is some sort of spiritual battle to come? What, what, what is your personal value on it? Do you believe in, in some saviour for yourself, a God for your family? Huh. Well, in terms of the abduction phenomenon and the aliens, I, I, I don't see them as being spiritual people in any way, shape, or form, or understanding even what that is. Uh, uh, they have—they don't seem to have anything that has to do with uh, with intellectualism 
and emotion. And that's uh, really going to scare people to to, uh, to to suggest that they have no spiritual center whatsoever. Really scares people. That's right. Now the ones who are hubrids who are moving in have the apparatus to be that way. I think. I think. I don't think it's going to work on them. I don't think they will become religious or spiritual or anything. But they have become they they become more human like after they're here for a while, and they're, therefore they 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 have a tendency to to be uh, kinder, they, to 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 be uh, more. Uh, I can't. It's hard to explain this. To have more em- of, Empathy? of an emotional sense, at least. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. I I want to make an appeal uh, right now, uh, and that is most of you heard or will hear on repeat the letter I read from the nurse about this lady whose uh, fetus disappeared. Ten-week fetus just flat disappeared. Now, I understand that there are privacy issues. I understand, as I mentioned to you, we're talking to her. We're trying to get permission from the patient, but it's not an easy thing to do. People don't want to talk about this. It's the last thing in the world they want to talk about. But I'm, I am making an appeal. If, uh, you're a healthcare worker who has experienced this much as the doctor talked about it earlier, remember? Remember that? Uh, that might not be all that common or it might be, I don't know. But if you've lost a fetus in that area and you said it was between, around 10 weeks, but, uh, between what and what, doctor? Uh, I'm going to say between 9 and 12 just to get a... Span. All right. I would like contact. I really would. Uh, the only way to move forward with this and to gather proof is if all of you help. And so if you have experienced something like this either as a healthcare worker or as an experiencer, uh, please get hold of me. I am... Uh, uh, K-N-Y-E at K-N-Y-E dot com. Let me give that again. K-N-Y-E. That's Kilowatt Nancy Yokohama Easy. People get dyslexic with it. Do, don't do that. It's K-N-Y-E at K-N-Y-E dot com. I would really, 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 or you know what else? Art Bell at K-N-Y-E dot com. Either one of those two email addresses will get to me. So either healthcare workers or women who are willing to uh, discuss this, I think there's, it's time. If this is real, we've got to begin building proof. And I guess that's where you begin. I, I, have you thought about how to build proof, doctor? You know, the proof is a tough one. Proof is ultimately getting uh, a film uh, in some way, following, a, following a, an abductee around, Seeing when that abductee hooks up with a with a known hybrid, yes, uh, and and filming them with various different from various different angles with different people who have no knowledge of this abductee but who are wearing wires near them, and uh, because when they when they're in public they talk out loud otherwise they would draw attention to themselves. So uh, and and the the worst I mean the best way is to just bug people's homes with, with videos and have their permission and see what happens in the middle of the night or in the, or when people aren't around, when you know, if they're living and if they don't work, if, what happens to them during the day and all that. Sure. 
And there's ethical problems here. There's not of course, ethical of course. Problems. I know that. There's I know. The main thing is... Listen, I, I talked to this nurse, and she said, Oh, no, uh, you know, I would uh, lose my livelihood, my license. It would be gone instantly. So we simply asked her, next time this lady comes in, this particular case, would you please have her contact us? Now, the odds are probably pretty low of that, but it's worth a shot. Real quickly on the phone, hello, you're on the air. Hello there, Bloomington something, I think. Going once. Yeah, uh, I, have, I have a question for the doctor. Yes, go ahead. Uh, uh, where do people get the Martian alien look form uh, from? I, I heard you say they look like uh, humans, right? No, the ones that come down here, what he said was the ones that do come down here, the hybrids that get returned to Earth, look every bit as human as I, I hope you do, sir. Exactly. So where did the Martian figures come from? We didn't mention Martian, did we? No, but, I mean, there's lots of people out there that say they're alien encounters. They, they've seen a Martian instead of a human figure. Oh, I see. Well, you, you so you mean just to say alien as opposed to Martian, I think. Um, the ones that uh, end up looking somewhat alien don't get returned to Earth. Uh, the doctor thinks they may be either disposed of or serving in a workforce. Uh, okay. All right. Thank you for the call. There, there, there's actually a reason to think that that has logic to it, and that is uh, that uh, about the workforce situation. The uh, um, the population is exploding. Oh, it is. Uh, you're right about that. Seven billion, Doctor. Hold on, we're we're short break. Short break. National number nine five two 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 five five two seven eight. You tell me, folks. Is this a better way to take over a planet, or do you expect large saucers, death rays, exploding cities, that kind of thing? I think this is the way you would do it. I wonder when the change is coming. Midnight in the Desert. To call the show, if you're east of midnight, call 1-952-CALL-ART. If you're west of midnight, call 1-952-225-5278. And I've got to get Ross back to work. Sorry about that. First time caller line. We've got it. And it is area code 775-285-5800. If you've never called the show, feel free. 775-285-5800. Or the Roswell entrance. That's area code 575-208-7787. Again, 575-208-7787. Skype, of course, at MITD51 for North America and MITD55 for the rest of the world. Um, Doctor, welcome back. Uh, so many people that uh, want to speak with you. Let's uh, Let's go here, wherever here is. Uh, you're on the air. 
On the phone, you're on the air. It says uh, San Diego, I think, or something like that. Are you there? Going once? Going twice? Go on. Uh, Las Vegas, you're on the air. Hello. Welcome. Uh, I'm KBET in Las Vegas. Uh, Art, I'd like to uh, ask the doctor a question about these uh, insect critters. Are they, uh, what kind of insects um, could he tell us uh, what they might look like? Are they like bees? Uh, or, or, uh, okay, it's a good question. It's a fair enough question. Uh, people try to imagine when you say insectoid, um, what, go ahead, doctor. Most people describe them as looking like, sort of like praying mantises. They have a triangular-shaped head. The eyes point straight down. Uh, there's uh, uh, there's no mouth to speak of, uh, uh, from what I can gather. Uh, there's no ears. There's no nose or anything like that. And uh, they're very, very thin. Sometimes they wear robes of all things. I do not know why, but people will report this every once in a while. And sometimes these robes have, like, high collars on the back of their necks. I don't understand it. Uh, Because aliens don't have a sense, uh, because everything is telepathic, they don't have a sense of music, they don't have a sense of beauty, they don't have a sense of art, literature, they don't have a sense of anything like that. So everything inside is sterile. And the way that hybrids dress while on board is extremely plain. Uh, a beige a pair of pants for the males and a pullover shirt, a beige dress for the females with three-quarter length uh, sleeves, mm. and that's it. <laughs> and, okay. uh, How tall are so they? The, t- the, the ones who are the, uh, who are the insectolins, the, the praying mantises, are probably the tallest, and the shortest are the short aliens at probably about three and a half feet tall. The taller aliens would maybe be uh, four and a half to five feet tall, uh, uh, maybe a little bit more. Uh, the the hubrids, the ones who are moving in, are I think around five nine, mm-hmm. right at the average. Right at the average. Caller, anything right, else? Thank you, Art. You're very welcome. Uh, take care. Skype, uh, you're on the air with Dr. Jacobs. Hi. Hello? Sherellen, is that right? Yes, it is. Okay. Hi, yeah, that, when I say you're on the air, you, you know, you have to go. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I didn't know this is my first time calling on uh, on Skype. Well, welcome. It sounds great. Thank you. Great. Well, I wanted to ask Dr. Jacobs, um, who takes care of these hybrids or hubrids when they're here? And, I mean, how do they maintain themselves? Do they have a job? I mean, it's crazy to learn the English language, let alone, you know, sustain themselves here. Who takes care of them, watches them, or whatever? Or other languages, because it's not just America, right, Doctor? It is a global phenomenon, and we only talk about it in America because we know more about it here than anywhere else. But... um uh, they maintain themselves with the, with the tutelage of the abductees. Their, their, their abductees' jobs becomes taking care of the hybrids, making sure that they fit into the society, teaching them how to cook, teaching them how to, how, what an egg is, 
uh, teaching them uh, all sorts of things about how to live here. Uh, it takes a long time. They are very, very, very quick learners. Uh, there is no indication right now that they uh, have a uh, any other language other than the language of the country that they're in. You know, here's the oddity. People will overhear great aliens talking on board a ship. Let's say they're lying on a table and they can... And I say, well, what are they talking about? And they'll say, well, they're, they're talking about doing something, uh, blah, 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 blah. But the point is is that they're hearing it in English. My guess is that every person in every country hears it in the language of which they speak. Uh, uh, telepathy. Telepathically, right. Yes. So the question then is, is there an alien language at all? I mean, it, 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 how do we get to that? Because whenever you're grunts and squeaks, you'd think that if they're talking among themselves that they wouldn't be speaking so that the person could understand English and tap into them. All right. Well, but what my question is, is how, how do they maintain themselves once they're here? What do they do? Do they work? Do they, how do they fit into society? Right, right. The best way I can say it is that I, in this book of mine, Walking Among Us, they, they, there's one episode in there where a group of hubrids came back to the ship, and there was, uh, a, and they stood around as if it were a cocktail party, except that it wasn't, and they mingled with abductees, abductees who had helped them when they were growing up, and they were telling them how well they were doing, and. and uh, this one woman re- reported that there were several of them had jobs. The jobs were essentially interns learning how to do a job. That mm. was their job. Uh, and um, they liked it a lot. It was extremely interesting, and, and they were really having it. It was really good. It was really fine and, they, they, and all that. But they can do pretty much whatever they want to do if they want to uh eat something and they need money to pay for it, they can do it two ways. They can simply uh, go to a bank and ask for money or go to the abductee and just ask for money, but I don't exactly say ask. I just mean take it. Remember, uh, they control our thoughts. They control That's our right. actions. Yeah, there's, there's a story in the, uh, in the book where a guy walks into a clothing store because he was wearing the wrong clothes for something and and uh, he walks out with a with a uh, an article of clothing. He walks right past the cashier, the cashier who's standing there, and uh, he he nods to her. She nods to him. Hey, everything is fine. Was, Keeps on going. Woman, right, the woman who was at the behind the cashier. It did not occur to her that he was walking out with this unpaid for, even though he watched her do it. She watched him do it. So uh, now. How they're eating, I am not sure. I know how they're eating when they're with abductees, but how they're eating alone, we we, we can't tell. Don't know yet. In other words, uh, and here comes a, a, a little keg in the works, a, a little uh, a kink in the works, rather. If it was a keg, I guess they'd be drinking a lot of beer. But if it's not, it's, and the fact is that um, maybe they go up to the UFO from time to time to get nourishment. We don't know that. However, we do know that abductees have come to their uh, apartments, uh, made them food, uh, showed them how to make food, uh, showed them how to store food, and, and all that sort of thing. 
Uh, and we do know that they've gone to uh, restaurants and have eaten food in restaurants with abductees. Probably going out without paying, just walking past, I'm sure. <laughs> well, if the abductee is there, they will remind them that they have to pay. Oh, that's right. They're teaching them. Uh, that's right. Okay, well, thanks a lot. All right, you're very welcome, ma'am. Thank you for calling and using Skype, by the way. Thank you very much. Um, all right, so here's somebody on uh, my computer screen through the wormhole. It says, Art, but how do they get legal identity? They need an ID, credit cards, all the identity stuff that modern society requires. How do the uh, hubrids get that? Fake papers or what? Right. We don't know that. Don't know that. Except that the, that that if they if they learn to drive a car, and we know that they learn to drive cars, that's not uncommon at all. Right. Uh, if they're stopped by a police officer for an infraction, the police officer walk they over them. They'd roll down the window, and the police officer would think, "Oh, this person did not commit a an infraction. I guess I must have been mistaken." And that will be the end of that. Another talent that I'd like to acquire. Right, but. Other uh, credit cards, I don't know if they, how they do that or if they just use an abductee's credit card or if they tell the abductee to use a credit card or if they just have enough cash on them for whatever they want to buy. And then I would presume, uh, in the case of the store clerk, for example, that just let them walk out with whatever they've got, the store clerk would have no memory uh, of, of that act, what she just did. She might later notice something's missing, but she wouldn't even know she did it, right? That's probably true. She uh, she would not have questioned the idea that they that the person walked out without paying. It would not have occurred to her to question it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's go to our uh, first time caller line. You're on the air. Hello. 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 Art. Yes. Oh wow! I can't believe I got on. But yet you have. Yes, I have. I don't know if they're really questions, but maybe just discussion points. Okay. I have two of them here. And the first one is it's a real scary thought. If they can control our minds and everything already, mm-hmm. who is to say that there's no way in fighting these, these aliens, these beings? We're well, doing... well, wait a minute. That's a good question. Is there any way to fight this at all, Doctor? I don't know. I, you know. I keep saying I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. If you don't know, I appreciate your saying you don't know. Uh, I worry about people I have on who have answers for everything. <laughs> Here is one, one situation. In order to control us neurologically, the question is, can that be done if a person is wearing a helmet or a hat that covers their entire head or something like that? We don't know that, and um, there's a guy named Mike Menken who makes hats, and people swear that they're not abducted if they have these special Velostat-lined hats on. And uh, you can't do that all day long, every day, 24 hours a day, but he might be on to something, and, uh, and abductees say that, that's, that that works, it works, it works, but even then it's difficult to tell because most abductees don't know when they're abducted. All they know is that they feel tired in the right. morning and that's it. But, um, but, but we need intelligent people who can sit down and think of the weaknesses of this phenomenon. Now, this is a clandestine phenomenon. It is secret. It is kept secret from everybody. Nobody knows. That is extremely clever, extremely good. It oh, allows sure them to is. do everything. But in a way, it also shows weakness. There's a weakness there. 
somewhere. Well, uh, I hope so. We can only hope. Yeah, we can only hope is right. Exactly um, right. And so, so what that weakness is, we're not sure of, and we need to have people who are a lot smarter than me and lots of them who can sit down and, and deal with this problem. And right now, there's just there's a few there's a handful of people who are concerned with this in the country it's it's just it's awful it's just it's it's astounding i totally hear you the scientific and economic community are concerned with it caller anything else yes i have another one here which goes back to some of your older shows sure we've had you've had shows with uh time travelers come and speak maybe the next time you have one maybe you can bring up this subject and maybe they know something from the future that we could use in our defense. Hmm. Well, I'll keep that in mind uh, should I run across a time traveler. Uh, but, I, I, you know, what the doctor is describing is insidious. Uh, it is simple. It is effective. Again, they're not physically strong creatures, actually, uh, but they've got a planet of 7 billion people to control now, how do they do that? Well, I think all evening long, um, the doctor has been explaining that. Uh, the only question that I have is, when the change comes, and um, I guess that's just plain has to be open ended, right, doctor? In anything, it could make suddenly a superiority in numbers. Uh, that, that the number of them are so great eventually that, that they just naturally take over and it's, maybe it's only a 10 to 1 ratio mm-hmm. or, or a 100 to 1 ratio and they could easily take over uh, uh, in some way. Uh, we don't know the whys and the wherefores of this. They, the, the only ones who know that for sure are the ones who are the, the leaders. The, Professor, the, is there any indication they can control large numbers of people or is it one at a time? It's, uh, well, it depends on what you mean by large numbers. In other words, on board a UFO, there might be uh, maybe as many as uh, 50 abductees. Well, in a room, there might be 100 tables, might be 100 abductees. All of them are under control. Now, are they all under control by smaller groups of gray aliens or whatever? That, that's hard to tell. But they can control uh, at, at least abductees en masse. Can they control humans on mass? Don't know. Once again, we we don't know. Okay. My guess is they probably can uh, eventually. All right. And for the record, uh, I've got what I consider to be a legitimate time traveler coming up pretty soon on Skype. You're on the air with Dr. Jacob Sign. How you doing? Doing okay, sir. Question for Dr. Jacobs. Okay. Uh, what about people like in prison that that are locked down in a cell? Has anybody ever been abducted? Yes, I do get letters from abductees who are in jail. Really? Uh, uh, for personal reasons, I don't usually respond to them. Um, I understand. What's that? I understand. Well, no, this is this is personal. Personal, personal, personal reasons that had to do with my family and so forth. Okay. Not, my, not, not, my, not my immediate family, but uh, I, and um, but they have. Uh, the question is, when there's a guard who comes around to check to see whether they're there or not, mm-hmm. 
is there a small gray alien standing in the cell controlling that guard who looks in and says, oh, nothing here, everything is fine, no problem, and goes on to the next cell. Hmm. That would be the only way that they could do it, uh, because there's, there's checks all the time, I would assume, to see whether, whether the prisoners are asleep or not and all that. If they're missing during the daytime, that would be noticed. Indeed so. All right, I want to move along here. Atlanta, Georgia, I think you're on the air with uh, Dr. Jacobs. Uh, hey, Art. Um, I just had a small request. Um, if you could uh, maybe play some uh, pan flute music that I know you probably <laughs> have. I do have. Anything else? Uh, no, that's it. Uh, just many Roswells to you. You know, love the show. First time caller here. Aren't you at all concerned about the possibility of... I mean, I appreciate your music request, don't get me wrong, but we're talking about the invasion of Earth here. So, Right. But um, you'd like to hear well, some yeah, pan flute music before, before that happens. Well, um, <laughs> to me, my mind goes straight to, you know, like vampirism or, you know, something like that, where they're, you know, like preying on us. Well, I think, Dr. Thank you. Dr. Jacobs does not think that they have good intentions toward us. Now, what they will do with us and the world after the change comes, so I'll change, uh, we have no way of knowing. Uh, right, Doctor? That's exactly right. Uh, they don't tell abductees, and therefore we don't know. Abductees, I mean, uh, Huberts who live here don't know any of this stuff either. All they know is that their task is to live here. They're concentrated on, on being human, on living here, on on uh, meeting uh, people of the opposite sex, of this and that. They're, they're, they're humans for all intents and purposes. And, uh, but why they're here is, is their, that's their task. Well, all right, here, here is a big one for you. Uh, so let's assume an integrated hybrid, right? Yeah. Uh, is that hybrid likely to, um, I don't know if I ought to use the word fall in love with, uh, Obtain an Earth person for a mate, and if so, where does the reproduction go there? Yeah, uh, the question is this: uh, If a hybrid mates with a an abductee or a non-abductee, mm -hmm. uh, um, what is the offspring going to be like? Yes, now, uh, and. So far, I have I have not uncovered any instances of that. In other words, uh, abductees have have not come to me and said that they're pregnant from a hybrid. To me, but I know we I know that that this is what I, I what I wrote years ago in in the threat uh, in my in my second book, the threat. What we see here with with human like hybrids. Uh, who are not going to be living here, but who are around abductees all the time, something I call personal project hybrids. They meet when they are young, mm -hmm. and the hybrid takes on a person for life, basically. Uh -huh. The personal project, they call, the hybrids themselves said that you're going to, to one person, you're going to be a, a personal project of mine. At least that was her interpretation of it. And so, um, and we know that Sex takes place, and we know that the woman does get pregnant, and then the uh, the 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 little embryo is removed. Mm. And what that does is it bypasses the whole process.
process of having to take an egg and then alter it and then re re uh, put it back in you know uh, and then uh but it doesn't alter the process of taking it out so that does happen now is that going to happen with hubrids uh, i don't know and it's possible that 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 the children that are born uh will just live here and just be human and just learn everything normally like humans do but once again we uh we don't know that yet doctor are there procedures beyond the table well, um, uh, the, the, what happens after a person gets off the table is that invariably they go in and start dealing with hybrids. This is a one-note theme you'll notice. Hmm. <laughs> uh, they start. Uh, they uh, hold babies. They have to have skin-on-skin contact with babies. Sometimes the babies are really ugly babies, as they tell me, and hmm. sometimes they're they're not bad-looking babies. They're kind of cute. Um, when uh, they play with, uh, they, they teach uh, little kids how to play. Also, with uh, uh, little kids have their own toys that 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 the aliens or the hybrids made for them. The toys, and I I actually wrote an article. If you can imagine this, on hybrid toys and games, uh, of all the darn things in the world to do. I mean, that's it, it's such an odd phenomenon, and there's so many different facets to it. I, I got fascinated by toys. And um, these toys are controlled by people's minds. The kids can make the t- uh, little ball fly up in the air wow. and come back down, or other objects go up into the air, or they can look at books, and the books uh, have images in them that look like 3D or 4D or 9D or whatever it is, and <laughs> that looks like reality. And 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 they have all these different sort of, of things that they play with. Uh, well, I guess control, learning control begins early. Uh, by the way, my wife tells me there's no such thing as an ugly baby. I, I know better than that. Logan. No, there uh, is. If you see a baby as fat, half alien, half not, you'll know yeah, right away. I understand. Uh, Logan, you're on the air. How's it going? Can you hear me, You sound way too loud. Back away a little bit. Okay. Uh, what, what about now? Better. Uh, I have two questions for Dr. Jacobs. Okay. Uh, the first one is, uh, if this is true, then surely our government and several others know about it. What are they doing, to his knowledge, to combat it? Very, very good question. Pause now, please. Doctor, um, you know, what he says is a good point. Um, surely the government must be, at some level, aware of the agenda and what's going on. What do you say? Well... This, and I've gone round, round and round about this uh, for years and years and years and years. And the answer is I, I have not yet been convinced, although some people have put up good arguments that I hadn't thought of before, but I am not yet convinced that they know anything at all about this subject. I keep getting information about how the government is studying UFOs and mm-hmm. compiling data on UFOs. Right. Well, if they're compiling data on UFOs, they have no idea what they're doing, and they know nothing about the subject whatsoever because they're concerned with the outside shells of objects as opposed to what's going on inside. Who are the uh, the beings inside? What are they up to? Why are they here? What's the program? This and that. That's the only thing that matters. Why are they here? 
uh, how they how their propulsion, where they're from, how they get here, all that sort of stuff. That doesn't mean anything. The only thing that has serious meaning to our existence is what's in these beings' minds. What are they going to do with us? Motive, yeah. Therefore, they would be debriefing abductees. 24-7, they would have been doing it for decades. Right. And we have no indication that that's going on all right. at all. All right, Logan, uh, anything else? Uh, yeah, my second question was just uh, if we were going to try uh, to do something about it, what should our scientists here on Earth be, what kind of technology should we be researching <laughs> to attempt to uh, do anything? Okay, all right. Well, it's a good question. I'm not sure it's going to get a, a really good answer, but... Uh, well. We can't do anything about technology. Uh, Their technology is too advanced. There's no way that we can do it. The only thing we can do is how to stop, is figure out how to stop abductions. Do it on our level. uh, um, Figure out who people, who abductees are, if that's at all possible, because most abductees don't know that they're abductees. And, uh, um, you know, it's a secret phenomenon. It's clandestine. And and the first way you keep it secret is by keeping it secret from the abductee, obviously. Sure. So, um, but they have to figure out a way to protect abductees, and that would mean protect everybody. So since they don't know who abductees are, then everybody in the whole country, everybody in the old, in the entire world or whatever would have to wear a special gear, a special thing on their heads, whatever it is, to prevent the abduction phenomenon. That's the only way that I can think of it. I'm, I have trouble working a toothbrush. So I'm I'm not a technician. I'm not a scientist. I, you know, I I I I don't know what what they would come up with. But the fact is, is that is that well, Doctor, I'll, I'll see if I can find an abductee to help you with that tooth problem. <laughs> uh, you're on the air. I don't need to hear that. Um, He's bright, but who cares? <laughs> yeah. Uh, hi there. You're on the air with Doctor Jacobs. Yes. Hello. Hello. Yes, uh, great show. Thank you. Uh, Within the last approximately 15 to 16 years uh, ago, I had an opportunity to talk to an individual who was a personal bodyguard to an extremely high, extremely high federal official. Okay. And I talked to this person after midnight at at this uh, indiv- uh, friend's uh, um, location somewhere here in California. <clears throat> and uh, first we talked to him. And by the way, I'm not going to give you specifics, but I'm going to whet your appetite with facts. I asked this individual how, how he thought the, <clears throat> uh, the U.S. would do if we ever uh, engaged in a... Uh, a major war like with Russia or China, and his response was. Um, oh, hold, hold his response, okay? We've got a break. We've got to do it. So, hold that thought, and you can lay it on us when we get back. In the meantime, here's some flute for you before the takeover from the high desert and the great American Southwest. You're listening to Midnight in the Desert. I'm Art Bell.
said in the dark stays in the dark. Call Midnight in the Desert at 1-952-CALL-ART. That's 1-952-225-5278. And, of course, the Skype entrance points, MITD51 in North America, MITD55, rest of the world. And the first-time caller line, let me keep giving that out till I can enlist Ross to help, area code 775-285-5800. My guest is Dr. David Jacobs. We're talking about nothing less than the takeover of the world, an invasion of the world, a quiet invasion of the world. No pushing, no shoving, no shooting, just a complete takeover. That's the scary part of it. Uh, caller, you're back on the air with Dr. Jacobs. Okay. I'm going to backtrack a little bit uh, and let you know that th- this is for real. Uh, at my friend's uh, location, uh, the father of this uh, individual who was uh, protecting an extremely high federal official, he had pictures on the wall of uh, his son uh, on inside uh, the um, the private jet of this uh Official, as well as on the tarmac at the airport, multiple yes. photos, right? So I know, I know this is no BS. So when I asked him, um, what, what do you think? How do you think the U.S. would fare in a, in a major uh, engagement with Russia or China or both? And he said, believe me, he said, if if it comes to a point where they start pushing buttons, he said, you would not want to survive. He said, the 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 living would envy the death. Yes, yes, yes. We know that. Nuclear war, radiation. Yes. So in the middle of the conversation, uh, this guy never cracked a smile. He was dead serious the whole time. All of a sudden, he changes the subject. He's got a a bizarre look uh, on his face and in his eyes, like he got spooked, like he had come in contact with something that literally shook him, rattled him, like, like shell shock from a combat veteran. Right. And he says to me off the wall, he says, if you saw what I saw, your mind would not be strong enough to handle it. And I, at the time, like approximately within the last 15 years, I said, well, I don't see how that could be because, you know, I'm a combat veteran and um, I've seen some horrendous things that would drive a lot of people into some you know bad, very bad right. things. I said I don't see I don't see how that could be possible. So he looked at me and stares me with the, once again with a bizarre look in his eyes and on his face, and he says these words. He says once again, if you saw what I saw, your mind would not be strong enough to handle it. So I said you know. I, I just cannot understand what you're talking about. You know, I'm, I'm right. taking this. So did he finally cough up what he meant? So this is this is the finale. So I said, uh, you know, giving him all the respect, I said, sir, could you give me an idea, uh, a, a general idea of what you saw? End of conversation. Not one further word. That was it. And I am convinced now, looking back, and I've had a lot of time to review this in my mind over and over again. This man was sworn to secrecy. He went to locations around the country and probably around the world that nobody gets to see with this extremely high federal official. And my opinion is he saw, he saw the unthinkable, something like from another world that shook him, rattled him, and this man was not 
not the same, and he wanted to tell somebody. Okay, well, I get it, I get it, I, and thank you for the call. Um, it may well be that uh, he had contact from some sort of alien or some sort of, uh, who knows, uh, but people do get affected like that, and I think that what Dr. Jacobs is saying is that when the change comes, a lot of people are going to have these sudden, oh, what's the right way to put it, uh, Epiphanies? No, not really. Uh, they're simply going to change their behavior immediately, Doctor? Well, I think that, that, that when the change comes, if we're not in the change already, but if the change, when the change comes, it might come suddenly in some way or it might come gradually. But what it is, what it means, I think, ultimately, is that that humans will be just relegated to a second-class position, maybe even gotten rid of, for all I know, yes. and uh, um, and that this planet will no longer belong to human beings. Uh, it, it will belong to them for reasons that are unknown. Uh, but but. The thing is about abductions is that it start, they start in, in very early age and they continue with great frequency all the way into old age, into the, probably the, the late 70s. Mm -hmm. And consequently, it's not a one-stop uh, event. It's, 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 it's a series of events that affects a person's life, uh, whether they know it or not. They, and people who don't know it know that they lead odd lives, that they are have missing time sequences of a couple of hours and they can't account for where they were or, 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 or anything about it. They know that they've seen uh, dead people have come back to them to say goodbye Just, after they've been yes. dead for nine or ten years. Just one quick question, uh, Doctor. All the people out there listening right now, uh, do you think that any of them are abductees? And if so, listening to you now, do you think they realize it? Do you think they know they're abductees? Do you think they know they're part of this bigger plan? And well, knowing knowing you're an abductee is is big enough for for most people. Um, and what happens that what happens is they'll they'll read something, uh, and they'll they'll realize, oh my God, this is me. This has been happening to me. Yeah. Now I understand it. Right. Uh, or they'll see a picture. Or when Whitley Strieber came out with his book Communion, which mm -hmm. had a sort of a uh, a picture of a gray alien, although it was uh, not what gray aliens look like, but it was close enough. Close enough. It, it rattled people. Uh, uh, hundreds, thousands of people wrote to to UFO researchers saying, "I, I know this this alien. This you know, right. I, I've been with him or, or whatever." Yeah. Uh, I've had people who uh, who told me that they saw that book, and they, they they picked up the book to look at it, and they saw the cover, and then they just threw it across the room. You know, they just they they have these visceral reactions to oh, it. Oh, I know. I, I listen. Yeah. Uh, Whitley is a very close friend of mine. Um, he's been going through a lot of grief lately. Um, I'm going to have him back on, but I had him on, and he described the entire procedure to me on the phone. And I'm here to tell you, doctor. Um, what he went through and what he described was embarrassing. It was a nano probe, and he has never heard the end of it and the jokes, all the jokes that people have made about it. But uh, he he told that story. Nevertheless, he actually he was actually crying on the air. Um, 
It's it's very embarrassing, yeah. but uh, you know you want to tell the truth. When you tell this story, you want to tell the truth, and he did. That's right. Uh, he he sort of made the anal probe famous, actually, uh, and people do have that uh, from time to time. Uh, once again, we don't know why, what it's for, what they're doing there. Uh, one time, I figured something. I figured two things out in the in the actual examination. I figured out that uh, they take their finger and their thumb and they place it on the top of a person's backbone and they just go down the backbone, finger and thumb, uh, uh, going tracing through all the vertebrae. Mm-hmm. And then with special attention to the coccyx and then back up again. And I had no idea what that was. It made no sense to me. It happened to Barney Hill, of all people. Mm-hmm. It, it happened to, and it's happened hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. All right, so many people want to talk to you. Jim on Skype, hello. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, doctor, I have a question for you, and actually, Art, you uh, would be interested in this also as an amateur radio operator. Okay. Uh, it's been suggested uh, to me that as far as mind control is concerned, that they use uh, radio frequency in some fashion superimposed all, over all of our television, radio, media of all kinds. And I'm just wondering if you had heard anything uh, about that. Okay. I have not. not heard, I've not heard anything at all about that, uh, about future decisions and future events to happen. Uh, I don't know why they would want to do that if they're moving in and, and uh, they go to Walmart and they buy a television, you know, with an abductee. Okay. Uh, all right. Let me ask something. Uh, I interviewed a number of people about the HARP project, uh, Doctor, and there was a mind control aspect to it. Uh, they were convinced, and I think they perhaps even proved that they could um, bounce a signal off the ionosphere and cause an opposing army to be confused, uh, cause uh, an opposing army to uh, be basically dysfunctional and obviously an easy, uh, easy kill at that point. So, you know, our government certainly has played in that arena. Very quickly, uh, I think Indio, California, hello. Hey, hey, Dr. Jacobs. I just got a quick story of uh, I actually had an encounter of what I believe was Hubert at the grocery store. It freaked me out. Really? Yeah, okay. So what happened was I just went in to get some, you know, basic stuff. I saw a, a taller individual that was skinnier and a normal-looking, you know, more human, you could say, individual. The, the, the taller one was kind of androgynous. Anyways, they were basically going item by item, even ordinary things, bananas, strawberries, uh, milk, that anybody would know, but they were, you know, teaching them about it. I kind of started following them through the store, you know what I mean? I wasn't really trying to make myself known, but after a while, they caught on, they turned around, and kind of looked at me, and I just, I left. I didn't really think about it till you know, I thought about the second time, last time Dr. Jacobs was on, I was like, oh my God, that was probably a hubrid teaching, you know, as soon as they grabbed the hot pockets, I was like, boom, out of there, but it freaked me out. I wonder if anybody else has seen that. That is classic, right, Doctor? It is. That 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 would be uh, usual, yes. That That is something that they do. Uh, uh, there was one, uh, one time a woman was uh, going around with her personal project hybrid, and he was interested in the market, even though he wasn't living there, and uh, she was telling him what things were how, and how they cook them, and and he picked up a loaf of bread. He said, do you cook this, too? <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. 
it was that type of situation. I was like, this is knowledge that every, every human, like adult, would know. Should it's have. Ridiculous. Yeah. Right. Well, the first thing yeah. you have to you have to learn about this couple was is the guy from some foreign country that's way out of the way and he's never been in a supermarket before. He's never seen food like that. You know, I mean, you have to eliminate all those things. And, yeah. yeah. So Sounds like it, though. It out of this planet, you know. I had no other way of explaining it, but, you know, your hybrid theory kind of fit in very nicely, you know. No, it, uh, it indeed does. Uh, all right, look, again, I'm going to say this again. Uh, if there's any women out there who don't mind talking and or healthcare workers who have seen these um, embryos disappear around the 10-week mark, uh, plus or minus a little bit, uh, I sure would appreciate an email, artbell at knye.com. That's artbell at knye.com. Mark, you're on the air. Howdy. One of my earliest memories I have as a young, young child is a nightmare about gray aliens and whatnot, a face floating above my head, I think in a crib. Right. And watching communion completely put a fear in me and it creeped me out. A 17-year-old is clinging to my mother. Right. How could I find maybe a hypnotherapist or aggression therapist that's legitimate to try to get this garbage out of my head? <laughs> well, there's only a handful of us around there. So Yvonne Smith in Los Angeles, there's me in the East Coast, there's Judd Turnbull in New York, and uh, uh, a couple of other people. A lot of people have have agendas, you have to be very careful. They, they, they think that these beings are here to help us, to save us, to heal us. They heal the earth, they heal everything, and, and they're just wonderful, and they're light beams, and they dance with them, and this and that. And uh, that is just not what people tell me, and uh, uh, or, or my, my colleague, Bud Hopkins, when he was doing this work. Okay, well, so, I just, I'm in Northern California, and I just, if there's any way I could try to find someone that's legitimate, I don't know how. That's what I'm worried about. The people in, want to in, uh, in, yeah, there used to be somebody in San Francisco, but I think that she sort of gave up on it. Uh, so I, I, there used to be more people who did this work. I had a whole long list of people, and now there's very few people left. And well, I, I suppose, Doctor, think about it. If um, I understand what that caller is saying and what you're saying, uh, maybe the control has already begun, and that's why there are fewer. Have you thought of that? It's possible. Uh, uh, Several of them died. Uh, some of them just uh, sort of gave up the ghost, so to speak. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, just gave up doing it. Uh, I'm ready to give up doing it. I've done it for so many years now, and I'm, and I'm older, and I, you know, I need to do other things. But um, but the fact is that that it is possible that they've got to everybody, including me. Who knows? Uh, uh, but it's 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 awful. It's just awful. I mean, if the government knew about this. They, they would be inviting people to come in and and, and tell them their stories. And, and and there's another problem here. The problem is that most regular hypnotists, people who do hypnosis to stop smoking or lose weight or whatever it is, right. they can't do this work. They don't know anything about abductions. They don't know when people are confabulating, saying false things. Uh, the abductee doesn't know it either, usually. They don't know uh, uh, how to how to deal with abductees at all. People think that they do, and they and they get charged exorbitant fees to do hypnosis and all that, and then nothing comes out. And what and if something does come out, it's false memories or false information. Mm-hmm. And hypnotists don't understand that there's a learning process for abduction hypnosis. You have to know about the abduction phenomenon. 
Got it. Uh, Very quickly, um, you're on the air with Dr. Jacobs and not a lot of time. Hi. Hello? Hello. Am I in the air? You are. Oh, yeah. Why don't aren't aliens from other planets ever spotted by the news media? I have a theory. They're not here yet. I never see them on Wilshire Boulevard in Los Angeles. My theory is they're not here yet. Okay. Uh, well, you're welcome to your theory. Um, hello there in Ohio, I believe. You're on the air with Dr. Jacobs. Yes, I was wondering if these hubrids are intelligent enough to hold positions of authority within the government, and if so, could that be why you don't ever see nothing in the media? That is a good question. Yeah, and they, they, they certainly would be intelligent enough to hold positions within the government if they had a tremendous amount of knowledge about the society. Uh, and what that means is, and the question then is, is how long have they been doing this? How long have they been integrating into the society? I, I don't think all that long, and the reason is because people didn't start telling me about this until around 2003 or so. Mm-hmm. And before that, I wasn't getting these kinds of accounts. And uh, now, uh, as, as Karen Morgan, the one who's in all three of my books, told me, uh, it's uh, with her, it's all it's all hybrids all the time. You know, the, the They've gone past the, the, the gray aliens and all that. Doctor, are you really going to stop doing this? Well, I just signed up a new person to, to come because I promised her that I would at a conference. And, but uh, but I, I'm old and I'm tired. <laughs> and I'm so in I've sympathy been... with that. Um, thank you again for being on the program. And if it is one of your last appearances, I'm glad we got it. And I think you're spot on, as the English would say. And it's really something to go to bed and think about tonight, folks. Uh, Dr. Jacobs, thank you for appearing. Thanks for having me, Art. I really appreciate it. Take care, buddy. Dr. David Jacobs. And, yes, I had him back. And, again, I want to ask uh, if anybody out there has experienced a pregnancy of the type we talked about earlier, or you're a healthcare worker uh, who can anonymously, if you must, um, relate this sort of story. We want to know how much of this is going on. I know of no other way to uncover this, frankly. Anyway, from the high desert to all those time zones, I'm Mark Bell. Good night.